0: welcome to cinema chop shop watch chop retrofit so let me ask you a question no yes what's the difference between the farmer's daughter and the presidency what you can unfuck the presidency, <laughs> but this is not a rock the vote podcast. <laughs> Welcome to season seven, episode 21 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs like us decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is Schrodinger's Trav, uh huh, a.k.a. Dr. Otto
1: Travius, <laughs> a.k.a. The Travis-minded professor.
0: Oh, yeah. Nice. And I am joined here in the shop or the laboratory by my co-host and co-producer, Frankenstein Seanster, (laughs) a.k.a. Buckaroo Sean's Eye, (laughs) a.k.a. the Rocky Horror Picture Sean. And we are extremely excited to welcome back to the show lab assistant...
2: Oh, uh uh-uh.
0: ...Young Cheldon, (laughs) a.k.a. Barbacella... A.K.A. The Cabinet of Dr. Cheligari. And we are not joined by Knowles today, even though he is a mad scientist. And I know he's going to listen because he's just going to feel so guilty about being slack. Uh, So his nicknames were going to be Nutty Professor Knowles, (laughs) A.K.A. Nuclear Knowles, A.K.A. Nanosynthesis Knowles. I would have gone with Dr. Strange Knowles. Dr. Strange Knowles would have been good. Further description of the show, the tagline says, Watch, Chop, Retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer we're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel dependent cinematic culture.
2: Abomination!
0: (laughs) It is more (laughs) of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. It's alive! And that will bring us into our first segment, which is going to be movie news. And this is where, throughout the week, we try to pay attention to stories that are pertinent to our subject matter and that our listeners might find interesting. And unfortunately, we do have to start it off with an R.I.P. Rest in peace and rest in power to Thomas Jefferson Bird. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson Bird, an American actor who frequently appeared in Spike Lee joints, uh, died this past week. After an emergency call was made in Atlanta, Georgia, around 1.45 a.m. on October 3rd, 2020, Bird was found unresponsive with multiple gunshot wounds in his back and pronounced dead. So once again, rest in peace and rest in power. The most recent thing I saw him in was *The 5 Bloods, the most recent Spike Lee joint. Regal Cinemas confirms plans to close all 500 of its U.S. theaters in a move that will affect 40,000 employees as the pandemic ravages the movie industry. Clint Eastwood planning to produce, direct, and star in Adventure Cry Macho. And oh. you had some words about this. What did I say? <laughs> fuck you, geezer. <laughs> or fuck off, geezer.
1: Yeah, that's all we need is another fucking... It's going to be the fourth installment
0: of the Get Off My Lawn uh, oh, man. series. It's just a, en- enough. Enough already. Oh. On a lighter note, Brooklyn Nine-Nine stars reunite for a superhero comedy called Super High. And it's going to be... What's his name? It's Andy, Andy Samberg Sandberg and, and Craig, Craig Robinson, Robinson. That's who right. played the characters Jake Peralta and uh, Doug Judy on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nine-Nine! <laughs> and next we've got Robert England launches a Nightmare on Elm Street-inspired coffee uh, just in time for Halloween. Oh? It's to help you never fall asleep again. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that, Chelsea? Will you be trying it?
2: Uh, absolutely fucking no. (laughs) No! (laughs) (laughs) And
0: next, we've got Jurassic World Dominion halts production again after positive coronavirus tests on the set. Plural. Plural. Next, new Hollywood film shines a light on human trafficking in Nigeria. The movie is called Oleture, O-L-O-T-U-R-E, and it's a Netflix original film about an investigative journalist who goes undercover to report sex trafficking in Nigeria. I think that sounds very interesting. And that will wrap us up on Movie News for this week. Do you guys hear that? Do you hear a phone ringing? That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. We'll title this tape, Planet Earth About to be Recycled. Your only chance to evacuate is to leave with us.
3: Hola, chopperinos. I don't have much to report on this week. Y'all must have brainwashed me into not having too much to clarify. The upcoming Ronnie Spector biopic will be sourced from her memoir. Speaking of Ronnie and that poofy-haired murderer, Phil, I read this on her Wikipedia page, quote, In 1969, they adopted a son, Dante Philip Spector. Two years later, Phil surprised her with twins, Lewis and Gary, for Christmas. A few months later, she left. The more kids I got, the further I was in that mansion, and I never got out until I ran out and escaped, she said. I've heard of men saying, my wife gave me the gift of our child, but I've never heard of a wife saying her husband gifted her a child. That's fucked up. John Franklin had a growth hormone deficiency as a child, which probably explains his youthful appearance. Alright, I'm gonna go put on my Nikes and have some applesauce, and then I'm gonna go to sleep.
0: Forever. Forever. All right. That will close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week. And Dana, uh, can you please stop saying Spectre? It's the wrong time of year. That brings us to the theme of the episode for the second experiment in our annual October horror series. This week, we'll be talking about Mad Scientist movies, aka the biography of Chelsea. <laughs>
2: Accurate. (laughs) And so, uh,
0: as a quick description, I've got the first paragraph from an article slash uh, piece that was published on Film School Rejects, and it was written by Sierra Wardlow, uh, came out in uh, December of 2018, quote, here's the thing about movie scientists, most of them are crazy. To be fair to the movies, the mad scientist stereotype far predates not just cinema, but the term scientist itself. As the latter is a 19th century invention, while the original archetypal mad scientist, Dr. Faustus, dates back to the 16th century. In the movies, the mad scientist can often be visually identified by his unkempt or generally bad hair, worse (laughs) manners, and a white lab coat. Though a leather smock might substitute on occasion. To merit inclusion in this list, the doctors, engineers, technicians, and research assistants movies are overall pretty fuzzy on the difference between various fields and degrees and careers when it comes to things in the general vicinity of science, merely had to be mad. As in expressing thoughts and or behaviors that one would not describe as neurotypical. And do experimental science and or technology things, i.e. laboratory research, inventions, etc., they do not always have to be bad, as in evil, though, admittedly, many of them are. End quote. So this article proceeded to list their top 50 mad scientists in fiction and in movies. We're not going to list those 50s, but I think we should just throw some out. Let's go around the room. I'll start with uh, Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Uh, let's see. You've got um, oh, uh, Brundle. Yes. From The Fly. The Fly.
2: Walter White.
0: Walter White. Uh, Dr. Evil. <laughs> Dr. Evil, yeah. Was he really that much of a scientist,
2: though? Well, like, what do you the... think he had
0: his doctorate in? Oh, yeah. He had made sharks with freaking laser beams. I, I mentioned him earlier, Dr. Strangelove. Dr. Uh, no, mm-hmm. from James Bond. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Uh, Dr. Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. The Invisible Man. Dr. Frankenstein. Uh, who else? Well, you know, it's
1: funny. Uh, they, they they mentioned the fact that a lot of the uh, disciplines of science aren't really that identifiable with mad scientists. But right. Usually, yeah. usually you're talking about geneticists or chemists, chemists, biologists. You mm-hmm. really don't or physicists. See, you don't see a lot of mad geologists. No. Or mad climatologists, <laughs> um,
0: except for in Jurassic Park. Matt, oh, that's that would be biology. You're right. Okay, so <laughs> moving on from there, uh, I feel pretty pretty good about this. I think this is going to be a fun fun topic. Well, course. you know, to be fair, it's
1: uh, this was Chelsea's idea for the uh, episode, being As a, she
0: is the OG mad scientist. Well, she is a scientist uh, yeah. in reality, so and she's always mad. Uh, so let's go ahead and get Accurate. into our, our midnight double feature. and This is where we go around the panel and we each have pre-selected two movies that fit into our category for the week. And we talk about how they're related to each other and why they would be a good pairing for a double feature. And Chelsea, are you ready to go first?
2: Oh uh, Yeah, I am. Um, so my first one is a classic and especially during this time of year. Um, 1975's The Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: Very nice.
2: If you don't know about it, Educate yourself Mm -hmm. immediately.
0: And by all means, watch the original, not the.
2: Oh, not the live. Made
0: for TV live.
2: Bullshit. Yeah. No, absolutely not. And where do you get
0: a pair with that? Well,
1: wait a minute. So your mad scientist in this film, of course, is Is Frank N. Furter. Dr. Frank N.
0: Furter. Played by Raul Julia? No. No? Played by. It's. um, Why does. Fuck. Tim
1: Curry. Tim Curry. Oh, Tim, Cur- Tim
0: Roth came to mind. Tim Curry, of course.
3: I kept wanting played to say Tim, Tim Robbins. Curry. <laughs> I was Tim, like, that's not Tim right. Robbins
0: is in it. There's two Tims in that movie. I know. Right? No, no, no. Susan Sarandon's it's in, in it. it. And he was in Susan Sarandon. Yes. All right.
2: So I'm pairing that with 1990s Frankenhooker.
0: Never seen it. Please tell me what this is.
2: Uh, a medical student sets out to recreate his decapitated fiance by building her a new body made from Manhattan street prostitutes,
0: dismembered prostitute sex worker body parts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, how was the movie? So
2: I didn't watch it.
0: Oh, was it ridiculous? It was too ridiculous. You couldn't even watch it.
2: Well, here's the thing. I sort of ran out of time.
0: Oh, understood.
2: Watched like lab
0: uh, hours, you know?
2: Yeah. Watched a few clips. Um, but they're both about, Sexy, mad scientists who just want to be sexy.
0: All right. Fair. Sean,
2: All right. hit us with I'm, your double
0: feature. I'm
1: going to go with a couple of comedies. Uh, the first is from 1985. It's Transylvania 65,000. Okay. Super silly, fun movie starring Jeff Goldblum, uh, Ed Bagley Jr., um, and uh, Carol Kane, Jeffrey Jones, John Biner, Gina Davis, Michael Richards- Wow.
0: The list uh, goes on.
1: It, it does go on.
0: Now, once again, I'm unfamiliar with this. Give me a basic idea.
1: So, uh, Goldblum and Bagley Jr. are two reporters for a tabloid newspaper that are sent to Transylvania to find Frankenstein's monster. Um, mm-hmm. uh, think like the weekly world news, Bat boy, those types yes. of stories. Yes. Um, tabloid. So they get there, but they're laughed, they're laughed at, uh, but something suspicious is going on. And through their, uh, investigation they discover that there are some misfits around town and there's kind of a mad scientist at the core of it all and it is dr malavacqua played by joseph balona or Hmm. balagna baloney Uh, but he is very much a send-up of dr frankenstein okay he's very normal and has kind of an well and a jekyll and hyde kind of thing Um, when he's outside of his lab, he is very with it and put together. But the minute he enters the lab, his hair poofs out and he becomes mad and crazy and he wants to do all these bizarre experiments. Um, it's not a great movie, but it is, it is fun
0: and silly. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's worth it to see Gina Davis in her Vampirella Nice skimpy outfit. So it sounds like even though it's not a great movie, it's definitely in the wheelhouse for this week's subject. Oh, sure. Sure. And
1: it's a lot of fun. Um, Following that with 1996's Mystery Science Theater 3000, Mm -hmm. the movie. The movie. This is the cinematic release, so it counts, Uh of uh, the popular TV show that we reference quite a bit. Uh, This is Mike Nelson and his robot companions uh, riffing the film This Island Earth. Okay. It's not a bad movie, and it is kind of funny to watch their riffing. But, of course, the mad scientist that everyone needs to know about in this film is uh, Dr. Clayton
0: Forrester, also the voice of T Robot, played by Trace Ballou. Cool deal. All right, it's my turn, and I am going with two movies from 1985. And the first one, they're both kind of classics, in my opinion. Uh, The first one is a little bit problematic these days, and it's Weird Science from 1985, directed by John Hughes. 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's fairly reasonable. Uh, Teen misfits Gary, played by Anthony Michael Hall, and Wyatt, played by Ian Mitchell Smith, design their ideal woman on a computer in a freak electrical accident when a freak electrical accident brings her to life in the form of the lovely superhuman Lisa, played by Kelly LeBrock. And she outfits Gary and Wyatt in cool clothes, surprises them with a Porsche, and helps them stand up to the jerks, (laughs) jerks Ian, played by Robert Downey Jr., and Max played by Robert Rustler, the only cast member that doesn't go by three names. But, all the while, the boys must hide Lisa's existence from Chet, played by Bill Paxton. Oh, there's another one. Wyatt's Nightmare of a Big Brother. And I'm going to pair that with the movie I referred to earlier this week as Pure Genius, which I think is a different movie entirely. Yes, (laughs) Uh, But it's called Real Genius, also from 1985, uh, directed by Martha Coolidge, and it's got a 73% on the RTs when science whiz Mitch Taylor played by Gabe Jarrett arrives at Pacific Tech as a freshman he's paired up with genius senior Chris Knight played by Val Kilmer to work on a laser project Mitch initially doesn't care for Knight's slacker attitude but is eventually won over and their friendship allows them to make new progress on the laser project it's only when the boys learn that the government intends to use the laser as a weapon when they start to question what they've actually been working for so i think that these these two are a perfect pairing of 80s screwball science comedies
1: i love both of these movies and i do understand the issue that some people have with weird science Uh but i still love it they made a sex robot (laughs) i don't care bill paxton was fantastic um a lot of fun. Uh, it also features, and I'm blanking on his name, the guy from The Hills Have Eyes as the as one of the mutants. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he's in that. And, uh, and then, of course, real genius, uh, fantastic movie, and the best use of a Tears for Fears song in the closing
0: credits. Nice. Also, uh, I really like the some of the stunts that they pull. the oh, pranks. Yeah. Uh, the filling the halls with like dry ice or popcorn, shit like that. So, yeah, that's our double features for this evening. I'm going to say moderate recommends on both of mine. I'm going to give silly recommends on mine. I'm going to
2: give 100% recommend on Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: All in. All right. That will wrap us up on the Midnight Double Feature for this week, bringing us to our feature segment. This is the recast. And this is where we take a particular film that is uh, in the category for the week And we hypothetically recast a few of the main roles with contemporary actors. And the first one is a classic. I had never seen it before, really enjoyed it, The Bride of Frankenstein from 1935. Uh, Directed by James Whale, we've got a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's pretty much uh, unanimously agreed that it improves upon the original Frankenstein, that it's a better movie, which is very rare. Uh, empire strikes back stands out as an example, but very few sequels are better than the original. Maybe Spider-Man two. Yeah. With a, what's his fuck, Dr. Octopus. Yes. (laughs) All right. And so what did you guys think about Bride of Frankenstein? I liked it a lot. I thought there's some beautiful photography.
1: Uh Um, the only thing I didn't care for in the film is that there's some really bizarre, uh, story structure. Um, the, the climax happens mm-hmm. extremely late in the movie. Yeah. The actual bride does not appear until yeah. like eight
0: minutes left. It almost seemed as though they were saving her for the end to build like another movie on it. And then, and then of course the resolution at the, like the, you know, Dr. Frankenstein
1: and his, and his woman, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. like literally the last 30 seconds of the film. So it, it was kind of weird because it really does play like a, a direct continuation of mm-hmm. the events of, of Frankenstein. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they spend a lot of time on that. Mm-hmm. A lot and, of buildup. And then and then the actual bride portion occupies a very small mm-hmm. part of this movie. That's my only reservation I have about that it. That could have happened in,
0: say, the end of the second act. Yeah. Gotcha. Chelsea?
2: I, I feel the exact same way Sean does. Okay. It just... The ending felt super
3: rushed. Of course, that okay. said,
1: this is 1935, so there isn't a rule book on this kind of thing. Yeah, and, and I think that it could be also a, a an earmark of its time. Maybe people just wanted to see more of the monster, and yeah, that and, and they gave it to them. And
0: maybe this was kind of like the equivalent of a Shyamalan twist for back then, you know. <laughs> All right. So Bride of Frankenstein, after recovering from injuries sustained in the mob attack upon himself and his creation, Dr. Frankenstein, played by Colin Clive, falls under the control of his former mentor, Dr. Pretorius. Uh, what's his last name? Sorry, Dr. Septimus Pretorius, uh, played by Ernest Thesiger, who insists the now chastened doctor resume his experiments in creating new life. Meanwhile, the monster, played by Boris Karloff, (laughs) remains on the run from those who wish to destroy him without understanding that his intentions are generally good, despite his lack of socialization and self-control. So, uh, Dr. Frankenstein is sort of goaded into resuming these mm-hmm. experiments, both by his previous mentor and somewhat by the actions of the monster himself. Yeah. And this is what made me pick
1: Transylvania six, five thousand. Because okay. if you notice uh, doc has his shit together through the whole movie, but when he gets in that lab, boy, he just yeah. eases right back into that role mm-hmm. of getting slippery slope.
0: Yeah. All right. So any further thoughts before we get into our recast, check it out. If you haven't, Agreed. Uh, mm-hmm. so first we've got the bride and the role of Mary Shelley in the kind of uh prologue, um, played by Elsa Lanchester, who was thirty three at the time. Yes. And then we've got the monster himself, played by Boris Karloff, reprising his role from the previous film. He was thirty eight. Is that what you have? I got forty eight. Okay, that's, that's probably that's probably right. Forty eight, and that's actually better for me. Next, we've got Dr. Victor Frankenstein, played by Colin Clive, 35 on him. Yes. Then Dr. Septimus Pretorius, sounds like some sort of like smegma, played by Ernest Thessiger. He was 56 at the time of this role. And are you ready to go first, Chelsea? I am. Go for it.
2: So I gender flipped this whole cast. Okay. Because wow. Well, scientists are always portrayed as males. True. And it and really, almost always
0: white males, especially really the pissed mad me scientist.
2: Off. Really pissed me off. Fair enough. Um. So my bride doesn't play Mary Shelley, and um, I went with Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. He's is really the bride. pretty. Yeah, he's really pretty to look at. Yeah. I'd marry him.
0: Mm-hmm. All right.
1: So, uh-huh. I like that. That's pretty cool. Um, I've been dying to use this actress uh, in a role, mm-hmm. but there, I have my reservations about her, um, but she fits into this one. Uh, you can see her in The Dark Tower, The Awful Gods of Egypt. It's just called The Gods of Egypt. Mm-hmm. I'm editorializing. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road, Neon Demon, but uh, really it's all about her role on
0: Lovecraft Country.
1: I yeah. went with Abby Lee. Nice. Those cheekbones just scream
0: for that uh, Bride of Frankenstein hairdo. All right. So I like that. But for me, this was a combination of a no-brainer slash low-hanging fruit. Uh, This actress slash singer can be seen in Machete Kills, Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, and A Star is Born. She's 34 Mm -hmm. now. It's Lady Gaga. Gaga. Gaga, and I'm pretty sure this picture is from like a uh, bootleg called Frankenstein. But she's definitely got the full-on Bride of Frankenstein hair in this picture. I dig it, and she's. She's got enough of that spooky gothiness yeah. to pull it off, as seen in, say, American Horror Story.
2: That was the best season mm-hmm. with her.
0: I like that I one love a lot.
1: That that one. I always think Hotel, of like, like, right?
0: Yes. I always think oh. of like Sigourney Weaver in
1: Ghostbusters when she makes the transformation yes. as being very bright of Frankenstein inspired. Yeah, true.
0: All right. Next up we've got the monster, played by a forty eight year old Boris Karloff. And Chelsea, who did you go with for this?
2: So the actress that I chose to be the monster, uh-huh. she's not going to go around going, oh, uh, all over.
0: It's going to be more like female moans. No, no, no. <laughs>
2: she's She has a very specific move. And I went with Jennifer Coolidge, uh-huh. who's going to do the bend and snap.
0: The bend and, and snap. snap. All right. Yes. <laughs> Sean, who did you go for for the monster? Um, I went with a
1: uh, 46-year-old actor. Um, he was in 99 Homes, Revolutionary Road, Take Shelter, and The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. I went with Michael
0: Shannon. Good job, dude. Mm-hmm. He's got those uh, that prominent brow. Uh, has a little bit of Karloffian essence to him. Yeah. I like it. All right. My guy, uh, I was going for somebody big. And this actor is 6'4". He um, also has a fairly bulky, bulky physique. Uh, He was in Brightburn, he was in Big Fish, and he was on The Office. He is 47 now. His name is David Denman. Yep. David Denman. Uh, Also, if you Google his name, you're going to see his most recent mugshot, and he looks like he was attacked by a mob of villagers. Oh, my God. Um,
1: I use him way too much, but I was tempted to use Brad Garrett.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) It wasn't meant to be. (laughs) all right next up we've got uh colin clive as victor frankenstein uh also reprising his role from the original film and colin clive was 35 at the time is that right yes and chelsea who did you go for for this one
2: so my actress was in dr marston and the women
0: Uh uh-huh
2: nailed it (laughs) (laughs) her name is bella heathcote
0: all right uh Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And Sean, who's your pick for Victor Frankenstein? I went with a 34-year-old actor. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, He was in John Wick. Okay. He was in The Predator. He was in The Other Boleyn Girl. And most people would know him from his role in Game of Thrones. I went with Alfie Allen. Yeah. You know he's Lily
0: Allen's brother? No. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. real. And I'm not making that up this time. <laughs> this time? My uh, Victor Frankenstein is 35 as well. Uh, he's in Shark Knight. He was in a movie that we all kind of enjoyed called A Simple Favor. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's also on a TV show I've never seen, but apparently it's pretty good because it got all the Emmys, Schitt's Creek.
3: <gasps> His it's name so good. is
0: Dustin Milligan. Yeah. Yes. Dustin Milligan is going to be Ten. my victor frankenstein
2: i just binged the last season oh really
0: (laughs) nice all right next up we've got dr frankenstein's uh very eccentric if not mad mentor dr septimus pretorius played by ernest thesiger who was 56 at the time chelsea who did you go with for this one
2: so i needed a boss bitch in this role and um i i brought it younger is it
0: sigourney weaver
2: it's not i brought i brought it younger um, because I kept thinking about her role in Shameless mm-hmm. and I picked Emmy Rossman.
0: Oh, wow. That's a lot younger. It is. Interesting. Hmm. I mean, I love her. There
2: is an age difference between like her and Bella Heathcote she, that there could She, she could and be I a are
0: in love with each other, I, but I just don't know if this is the right role for her.
2: It is. Trust she me. She can make her
0: own decisions. It's not my call. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sean, she's on board.
0: <laughs> I went with a sixty-year-old
1: actor. Mm-hmm. Um, can be seen in films like um, Isle of Dogs. I love dogs. Uh, the Dead Don't Die. Okay. A bigger splash. Yeesh. Um, Moonrise Kingdom. Okay. I've the Grand. Trend. The Grand Budapest Hotel. But I'm really, really leaning hard on this actor's portrayal in the movie Snowpiercer. hmm I went with Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton! You also gender flipped it. I gender flipped this one just because I think she could pull those bizarre oh, yeah. faces that this guy oh, yeah. was very just oh, just like his his face
0: was so pointy. She's and a strange. remarkably talented actress. Oh, yeah. Regardless. Yeah. Uh, all right, my this is the, the one I'm most excited about in this round. Uh, My actor is 61 now, even though I've talked multiple times about how he does not look his age. Uh, He is in Winter's Bone. He's in Martha Marcy May Marlene. He's in The Peanut Butter Falcon. He's in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Ebbing, Missouri, Life of Crime, and Too Late. His name is John Hawks. Yeah. John Hawks is That's my dude. Good. That is my dude. I, I like, like it. it. All right. So I'm definitely saying recommend on this. I didn't expect to like it nearly as much as I did. I was like, oh, it's a 1930s horror movie. We've seen all the stills and the images. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. There's some beautiful photography in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, even though they didn't really have an option, the fact that it was in black and white lent itself to those Uh, That cinematography, those shots, the high contrast shots—oh, sure, yeah, Um, very cool. Chelsea, what did you think?
2: Um, I liked it. I the climax really kind of pissed me off Mm -hmm. just (laughs) because Sean was cracking jokes about it. He was like, "Oh, what's that? What's this instrument?" I'm like, "None of these things are real. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing here except for for that speculum."
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that will uh... no, there's
2: not. (laughs) (laughs)
0: that will wrap us up on the first part of our recast and it's we're going to head into intermission but not before we say let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby and And get get ourselves ourselves a bolt of lightning Oh my God. I'm surprised I'm surprised you, it took you a second on that one
2: it did. you said it and I heard <laughs> like <laughs> no!
0: all right chop shoppers thank you for bearing with us during intermission this is your host Travis and I just have one question for you Sean what is one way we could make our podcast more prominent Oh, if our listeners would rate and review us on iTunes. Rate, review, and subscribe to us oh yeah, subscribe. on iTunes. And, and, or and pin your friends down and, and force them to do it. Make them go ahead and do a review. We're very under-reviewed. Like, like, like
1: make it a whole pyramid scheme. Get the people
0: under them yeah. to do it. And multi podsy scheme. Oh, I like it. Yes. You folks who are listening right now, it would be fantastic if while you're listening or right after, you don't have to stop the show. Don't stop the show. But if afterwards you could go to iTunes and give us a review or a rating, that would be awesome as well. Or on whatever uh, podcatcher app it is that you're listening to us. We're on a few of them. And also, uh, be aware of our online presence. We have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash cinemachopshop. We're hosted natively online on Podbean. It's Shop on Podbean. And our Twitter handle is at cinemachopshop. We do a lot of stuff on there like our movie marathon where Sean consistently kicks my ass. Also, our uh, email address is cinemachopshop at gmail.com. You can email us anytime. We check it frequently. The beers that we check in after intermission, you're about to find out about some, are always checked in on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D, and we are Cinema Chop Shop on there. Once again, thank you to you, the listeners. Thank you for tuning in, and enjoy the rest of the show.
2: And now, on with the show.
0: That's recorded. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's actually from the album Whitey Ford Sings the Blues, which is by Everlast and really has nothing to do with the baseball player who passed away. All right. Welcome back, Chop Shoppers. Thank you for bearing with us during intermission. And when we come back, what do we like to do, Sean? Beer check-ins. And what do we have today? Well, you know, I, I tried to find a theme beer,
1: but it's pretty tricky. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I found one I think that kind of works. Uh, it's called Tunnel
0: Vision. Because when you are on a quest for your scientific ideology, you've got on blinders. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, this is uh, a double dry hop beer with uh, Citra, and it's from a brewery in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I think the brewery can possibly be called Cultivate Variety.
0: Okay, uh, just just to be clear, I'm not um, bashing science. I'm bashing mad scientists.
1: Ooh, oh man, I, I can smell it coming from the can. <laughs>
0: All right, tell me the tell me the style again.
1: Uh, it's a double dry hopped IPA. Nice. Uh, their description:
0: zippy, lemon, melon. The bouquet leaves something to be desired really I'm getting a kind of smelly socks smell
1: it's dank okay
0: which um is
1: okay for the style probably some columbus hops in here maybe uh this is a 6.8 percent beer the flavor is fine you can definitely tell it was double dry hopped that's not terrible i don't mind that a bit it is a danky beer though yeah put
0: some stank on it
1: yeah I, i'm okay with this uh, not a bad not a bad purchase. <laughs> All right.
0: So that's going to be our somewhat on-theme check-in for this week's beer check-in. We'll check that in on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And we are Cinema Chop Shop on there. Uh, do you guys see how early I checked in the beers from last week? Yeah, you're on your game, bro. Yeah. Woo. All right. This will bring us to the 2020 Movie Marathon. And this is where we, those of us in the room and also Andrew Andrew and Joey's doing a little bit here and there um we try to watch as many movies as we can throughout the calendar year uh we check them in with the hashtag 2020 movie marathon on uh Letterboxd and also on Twitter I use the Cinema Shop Shop Sean is in a windowless van (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you're not doing yours on Twitter right Chelsea
2: no I do it on my on my phone on
0: your phone yes Uh, And so as of this recording, it is the 283rd day of the year, and I'm on number 339. I'm on 349.
2: I'm on 277. That's okay. You're going to get it.
0: You are going to get it. You got plenty of time. What is your first check-in, Chelsea?
2: It's from 1960. It's called Eyes Without a Face. Okay. And I've been dying to watch this. If you look up any list of the most disturbing horror movies, this is always on there. And it did not disappoint. It's a French film. It's pretty creepy. Okay, I was really impressed with um the the makeup work that was happening or some of the the effects because yeah. he literally takes somebody's face off and it's gruesome. He
0: took his face off.
2: Yeah, like that.
1: So it's about this girl who's been horribly disfigured in like an accident or something. Yeah, she was in a car Nicolas accident. Cage. Shut up.
2: She was in a car accident. Okay.
1: And he's trying to figure out a way to give her a new face. Yes. Without it like turning like necrotic or whatever. Yeah,
2: that's the thing that keeps happening. So he gets his um, like secretary or assistant, who's a foreigner. They make that very clear to sort of kidnap these girls and they take their faces. Hmm. And he can't get it quite right without the tissue just like dying on her face. Right. And when she doesn't have a face in between, they make her wear this porcelain mask, which is fucking creepy. It's creepier Isn't than her burn. Isn't that
0: the of a song? Yeah. Eyes without a face. It's Billy Idol. Yeah. Thank you. Uh,
1: I'll check in uh, a movie. Go for it. Uh, this is uh, the sequel to the very good Babysitter. Okay. This is called The Babysitter, Killer Queen, and it's and? on Netflix. Um, it lacks the inventiveness of the original and stoops to borrow heavily from Scott Pilgrim versus the world to Interesting very, choice. To, to very meh effect. Okay. Oh, um, so you're saying I can skip this one. The chuckles are very few and far between. It's directed by McGee.
0: Oh no. Tut, tut. He didn't do the, he didn't do the original, did he? I don't think so.
1: I don't think so This either. one, this one just does not cut it for me.
0: Yeah. McG, McGee sucks. My first check-in for this week is going to be number 331, and I watched this directly after leaving here last Friday night. It's called Lucy in the Sky. It is an astronaut movie starring Natalie Portman. And I don't know what I was expecting, maybe some kind of like sci-fi drama, but it turns out it's the story of, well, loosely based on astronaut Lisa Nowak and her criminal activities during her romantic involvement with a fellow astronaut. Oh, this She's is the, the di- crazy astronaut lady who drove across country wearing adult diapers oh my God. to confront her boyfriend and his other girlfriend. When this happened, uh, it was around Halloween, and uh, Michelle and I and Mark and Shasha, friends of the show, previous guests, all went to Charleston for a Halloween party at a sushi bar down there. And Mark was washed up Harry Potter Shasha was a 1920s flapper girl. I was Shaun of the Dead. I might have been zombie Shaun of the Dead. I'm not sure. And Michelle was a female astronaut wearing an adult diaper on the outside <laughs> of her space suits. I'm surprised that woman was not in a cult because her yeah. behavior was very cult-like. And so I didn't see that coming until like the end of the second act. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was pretty decent. A little bit slow going at first. Uh, John Hamm is in it also, Good and uh, Zazie Beats. Nice, awesome.
2: I watched The Devil's Backbone.
0: Okay, the yeah. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah.
2: Um, I think the sweetest moment I've ever seen in a film took place when that little boy gave that teacher, or whatever she was, the sleeve to the cigar. And called it a ring. Yeah. And he was so proud of this thing. Yes. Oh my God. I was just like a sobbing. It's a great movie. Puddle of. Oh, it was wonderful. I loved it.
0: Past and future guest McJunkin is a huge fan of this movie.
2: Oh, it's, I like it a lot. It's yeah. amazing. The
1: symbolism of the bomb, the unexploded bomb. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's just there, so much You could stuff.
2: go down such a deep rabbit hole with this movie and mm-hmm. just some of the Easter eggs that exist.
0: Nice. And you're going to follow this up by watching...
2: Pan's Um, Labyrinth,
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, you'll definitely be able to see a continuation of that style and kind of his artistic evolution, Guillermo del Toro, that is. Very good. Sean, you're next. All right,
1: I'm going to check in a a film from the new Criterion collection of 70s horror. Oh, God. And this is a bad choice. It's called The Driller Killer. (laughs) I think I've
0: seen posters for this.
1: So listen,
2: the description sounds amazing. What does it say? What does it say? uh, I thought it was going to be like, slasher blood and guts Uh like gruesome all of this crap along with some art house stuff it turns out
0: it was just a
1: porno they say art house meets grindhouse well the problem is is that the first two acts are a complete snoozer uh and it's it's like what it's like to be an artist in new york city yeah woo and And then then the third act where he actually becomes the driller killer kind of a letdown i mean yeah Mm -hmm. he does kill some people with his little drill but boy is it boring
0: I've got the tagline right here. It says, uh, Driller, hardly newer. <laughs> All right, am I next? Mm-hmm. Mine is, my next one is going to be a documentary from Netflix. It's a true crime documentary that's been covered on a few of our peers' podcasts. It's called American Murder The Family Next Door. I watched this and too. Did you like it?
2: I did. I was only pissed off that they didn't show more with the girlfriend.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that seemed like a, a pretty crucial detail. Um, I was fairly unfamiliar with the case. My lovely wife, Michelle, Drink. was more familiar with it because she listens to like sc- Sword and Scale and, and things like that. So I was a little bit more like invested in the movie and uh, I had a fairly good idea what the outcome would be. But still, I was it was fairly riveting. I said... um, Gut wrenching documentary about a case that many that made the rounds on a few of our favorite true crime podcasts. So check it out if you haven't. It's still on Netflix. Nice, mm-hmm. Chelsea, you got one. Are, you, are you guys I, are tag teaming? You'll tag team right? this one with me, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm checking in. Hungry wives. She's got hungry wives.
2: AKA season of the witch.
1: Yes. Oh. This is a George Romero movie. Okay. And it's a highly underrated film. It's very low key. And it's kind of, I said it perfectly captures middle-class malaise in the early 70s. Like
0: It's called the season of the witch. Yeah, yeah
1: that,
2: that song's in there.
1: Totally. It is and in Donovan. There. Uh-huh. Um, so you've got this chick who's just kind of bored housewife.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And she kind of dabbles in witchcraft. And Satan? And, <laughs> and uh, she kind of like finds a little side piece action. And yep. uses her witchcraft to kind of steer things the way she wants it to. Her daughter gets pissed at her because she's kind of pervy a little bit. Hmm. And then uh, she shoots her husband accidentally. And then, But her husband's a dick. Well, her husband is a dick. And that then, does not justify oh, accidentally murdering like him. a, a huge <laughs> dick. And then she kind of joins the coven in one of the most anticlimactic BDSM
0: scenes I've ever seen. Wow. Uh, but it was cool. It was literally anticlimactic. Everybody just dressed up and then went home.
2: But here's the thing. Like, I still liked it. I can say all these negative things about it, but I'm still thinking about it.
0: I liked it because
1: it was a low-key film that kind of uh, had some neat themes to it.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know. It it was Romero. I mean, there was some really neat stuff going on there, but it was very... Like, what happened in the movie? Well, I just told you, and it doesn't seem like a lot.
0: And I hear that Tom Hiddleston based a lot of his performance as Loki on this film. (laughs) All right. I've got one that I think that we're all going to kind of uh, gangbang. It's going to be number 339. I watched it last night. It's called Cats. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, I should not have watched this back to back with 1977's Island of Dr. Moreau. (laughs) Pure nightmare fuel. But I am looking forward to watching our peers podcast in their live show tonight. How did this get made? Roast the shit out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you guys watched this for the first time recently as well. It's kind of like that
1: thing of like, we've got the technology Mm -hmm. to do this thing, but it does not necessarily mean we should.
0: So I could definitely tell that the tails and the ears were CGI a little bit on the face too, but were the suits actually fursuits?
1: I want to say that that was CGI too. Okay. And I might be wrong, but there were some motions and movements that seemed to get kind of off. Like, 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 Oh God, she got skinny all of a sudden. Right. So there were some weird things going on. My wife, Allie, you know, she said, why did they fuck with this? This was a successful Broadway musical, which is dated. The music's dated for God's sake. Why did they do this today? But, um, you know the, the 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 makeup in the musical was groundbreaking for its time and yet they felt the need to do this CGI to up the ante mm-hmm. it was dumb
0: it was I, dumb it was stupid it was dumb that's going to wrap us up on the 2020 movie marathon which brings us to the second part of our feature segment the recast continued part 2 the sequel reanimated very good <laughs> And we're going to be talking about the 1996 version of The Island of Dr. Moreau. What a stinker.
1: What a piece of giant monkey shit.
0: Directed by Richard Stanley and then John Frankenheimer, who they brought in to finish up after they fired Richard Stanley. There's a really good documentary called Lost Souls, I believe. Okay, I'll believe it. Uh, that is about the director and what happened after he was fired. So I I recommend watching that as well. An English UN negotiator, David Thulis. Thulis, (laughs) Professor Lupin. (laughs) Professor Lupin from Harry Potter becomes stranded in the tropics with a mad scientist played by Marlon Brando who makes half-human beasts. End description. (laughs) What else? Accurate. Well, we've got Val Kilmer in there. All right.
1: So let's talk about this version of this film, a mm-hmm. version of the story by HG Wells. Yes. In this version, you've got a very eccentric Dr. Moreau who looks like he was costumed by Miss Cleo from the Psychic Readers Network <laughs> and his little mini me. He thinks he's doing good mm-hmm. by by taking these animals and, and merging them with human DNA to make these hybrid creatures. And then you've got this interloper in David Throils, and he kind of messes things up. And uh, there's, a bit of, there's a bit of an insurrection by the, the human-animal hybrids. Yes. And things just go to shit. Now, you and I both watched the 1977 version. Chelsea, did you watch that as well? No. No, you
0: didn't. It's remarkably better, but still not great. It's and not- that says a lot about this version.
1: Yeah, it's not great, but it follows a plot line in that the villain, the titular character...
0: Mm-hmm. Is not killed off in
1: he's the He's not killed act. off in the second <laughs> act,
0: which blew my mind. Yeah. Because... Well, they could only get... Marlon Brando to um, behave himself for 13 days.
1: You know, all that was left in this film though, because they do, they, they kill off Brando and then they kill off Val Kilmer's character. Mm-hmm. And all that's left are these human animal hybrids, which had, they have no names. They right. have no personality and they have guns. Yes. And they shoot the guns a lot which And you're, so, and you, you're supposed you, to care about this. Why
0: you would think that if they have these, um, animal hybrid nature is that they would use that more as their weapon and offensive mechanism.
1: I prefer the 77 version. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved, I loved their, their, their motto about what happens when we break the law,
0: we go to the house of pain. Yes. Which made me want to listen
1: to house of pain. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh man. And we talked about this the other night. I discovered recently that house of pain was on the same label as Cypress Hill yep. as was a, a uh, different rap duo uh, featuring the guy who's now known as The Alchemist, who's a DJ, and Scott Kahn. Oh, wow. Scott, It wasn't Youngbloods, but it was something like That's that. James Kahn's son. James Kahn's son, Scott Kahn, started out as a rapper. Brilliant. Hmm. All right. So the roles that we're going to recast? Yeah, let's do it. First, we've got uh, Dr. Moreau, played by Marlon Brando. He was 72 at the time. I've got Montgomery, played by Val Kilmer. Uh, who was 37 at the time. Yep. Then I've got Edgar Douglas, played by David Thulis. Thulis. (laughs) And then we've got uh, Asia, played by Veruca Salt. Feruza Balk. Feruza Balk, the character from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Chelsea, who's going to be your Dr. Moreau?
2: So I gender flip some of the roles. Okay. And for this role... I kind of want to be like, I want to take it to an extreme, but sort of opposite. So I picked Robin Wright, but like Robin Wright from House of Cards. So she's like pristine and proper and Ah. like dressed really trendy. She's not going to wear the headscarf? No, 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 no. It's going to go to the other extreme. Okay. And she's going to be like a total bitch.
1: Yeah. I went with a 73 year old actor, and he's kind of a shoe in for this role. You think so? Given some of his work. Just wait. Uh, he was in oh. Event Horizon.
2: Oh, the scariest movie ever. He it's was pretty scary.
1: He was in <gasps> Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm hmm. But he was in a movie that really deals with some of these same themes Jurassic
0: Park. Uh huh. I went with Sam Neill. Sam Neill! <laughs> nice. Uh,. Yeah, Hunt for the Wilder People was very good. Isn't that also a Taika Waititi? Yes, movie? it is. Uh, all right. So my actor who's going to play the role of Doctor Moreau, um, he's he's mad in more of like the angry sense. He was in Pretty Woman, Shallow Hal, Dunstan checks in, and Seinfeld. Oh my god. It's Jason Alexander. <laughs> Costanza. All right. We've got up next Montgomery played by Val Kilmer. And they kind of they kind of screwed with the roles from one movie to the next. Yeah, the Montgomery in this isn't the same type of character as the Montgomery was in the other They screwed with him
1: in a lot. And again, I'm going to plead ignorance. I've never read the source material. I. But in, in, in the 77 version, Dr. Moreau was very much like an Ernest Hemingway type true, and uh, Montgomery was very much like a hired Merc military guy. Yeah, and, and, uh, in, in this version, yeah. uh, Montgomery was very much kind of like this. I saw it as kind of being a, a continuation of, of Val Kilmer's character from real genius. Oh, wow. Like he's just kind of like the space case off yeah. the wall, but you know he's
0: smart, uh-huh. but he's unpredictable. Very cool. All right. So um, who is going to be your Montgomery, Chelsea?
2: Val Kilmer sucks, and so does my actor. <laughs> I went with Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, wow. Oh,
0: shit. That's going to be um, Interesting. He, uh, he's always awkward. Like, no matter what. I think that even probably in his real life, he's very awkward.
2: I would assume so.
0: I think that him and, um, Scott Pilgrim need to be friends. Yeah. No. All right, Sean, who's your Montgomery? Um, I went with a 37-year-old
1: actor. Um, he was in Resistance, Christopher and His Kind, The Last Kingdom, and he was in American Horror Story, 1984, it's Alexander Draymond.
0: Okay, I don't know him super well.
1: Yeah, um, I think I've recast him before uh, from his uh, Last Kingdom work. Uh, very, very uh, Butch military okay. kind of Viking. I um,
0: I don't know that I've seen the 1984 season. There's so many That's American War That's the one to watch, stories. in my opinion. Really? I really enjoyed that. What one. about Cult? Was Cult good?
2: Ah, uh, no, no. I mean, it was all right, but it's not in better than time. Roanoke. Roanoke is one of my least favorite.
0: Yeah, me too. All right. So my actor is uh, 40 now. So he's slightly older. And I mostly chose him for physical resemblance. Uh, He was in Freddy vs. Jason, Frozen 2, and The Wicker Man, the Nicolas Cage version. I went with Jason Ritter. Oh nice. Oh, okay. Jason Ritter. Hello, now Jason Ritter. he might have to might have to slim down a little bit for this role, but maybe not. Maybe not. Next we've got the role of Edgar Douglas, played by David Tilwis. Thilis. Cluelith. <laughs> Clueless. <laughs> Just say his name with a lisp and you'll be good. <laughs> David <laughs> Thilis. <Thiless. laughs> and uh he was 33 at the time i'm excited about my pick for this and i hope that we all picked the same person oh I don't we think we did not we did okay who did you go with chelsea
2: i went with um jamie dornan mr gray
1: okay <laughs> i shopped him really but i cannot bring myself to cast him i know it and i really he's struggled the, the right with this. age he's
2: yeah. the right age but there there's I've seen him in other things, and I've also seen parts of Fifty Shades of Grey, and watching this Edgar role, I'm like,
0: (sighs) oh, fuck. I've been subjected to all of the Fifty Shades movies in the theater. I was actually tied up and beaten while watching it. Well, that tracks with the theme. Yes, it does. All right, Sean, who is going to be your Edgar Douglas? Um, 34 years
1: old. He was in Faster, Mm -hmm. Going the Distance. What's your number? But he was better known in the recent Invisible Man movie. Oh, yeah. As the asshole husband, I think.
0: Which is a mad scientist movie. Oliver Jackson Cohen. Yeah. That's good, dude. Not as good as mine, though. My actor is 37 now. He was in Ex Machina, About Time, Frank, and The Revenant. His name is... Is Donald Gleason? I shopped him too. Donald yeah. Gleason is right. probably David Fulith's illegitimate son, <laughs> right? They don't know because they can't pronounce his last name. Right. <laughs> Actually, isn't uh, Donald Gleason the son of Brendan Gleason, the actor? Is pretty he? Sh- I'm pretty sure that's Dana. True. Uh, all right. Next up, we've got Aisha, played by Farouza Balk, uh, who was in The Craft. And Waterboy. A, Waterboy, and a bunch of other uh, 90s touchstones. Uh, kind of like a, a goth princess. Yeah, I she think was she...
2: in Valmont. From
0: Yeah. She was okay. in Valmont, yes. Very she good. She just
1: kind of pulled herself out of the scene, I believe, uh, after yeah. her heyday, which I always liked her. I did too. I did not like her in this, but I'm not going to blame it
0: on her. Yeah. The pick is on Chelsea. What do you got?
2: Uh, I went with Haley Steinfeld. Yeah? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can see it. She's good. She's a very good actress. She's uh, a young woman now, mm-hmm. uh, which fits the age range for the role. Nice. She's going to be invoking some of those um, those, those vibes from that Coen Brothers Western remake she did. True Grit. True Grit. Yeah, she's going to be invoking some of right those on, vibes. Right on, right on. All
1: right, Sean? Um, I kind of went more with the um, Aisha from the 77 version. It should be noted that in that version, she was not Dr. Moreau's daughter. She was just a girl who was kind of around. They didn't need to make the changes that they made. and Nor nor did she have uh, latent uh, animal traits, Mm -hmm. which was kind of bizarre, too. Uh, So anyway, I used her as my compass, more of an island girl. Um, And so this actress has a lot of face value to that. Is it Rihanna? No. Um, She was in Lab Rats Elite Force. Alexa and Katie, Alexa and Katie. <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> all of our listeners, shut up, goddamn it! Um, tall girl and mighty Med. Her name is Paris Baruch.
0: Okay, she's easy on the eyes. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah, haven't seen her in much, but she uh, looks like the one from the yeah, seventy-seven version. She yeah? very much does. Nice. All right, my um, <clears throat> actress. Is no, I, no. i was oh, just clearing my okay. throat. Okay, <laughs> she is actually a, a very good actress, and she was a child actress who has now come into her own. Uh, she's 22 now. She was in the last movie star, which was the last movie that Burt Reynolds made. Right on. She was in Speed Racer, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Paranorman, and Modern Family. Her name is Ariel Winter. Nice. Ariel nice. Winter is going to be my Veruca Salt, and Final thoughts on the island of Dr. Mour- no Absolutely
2: oh, no. Oh, man. Not what, a recommend. No. What
0: an awful movie. I think that sometimes we have to have stinkers on yeah. this show. Well,
1: you know, I had always heard how bad this movie was. Yes. And boy, it lived up to the billing. Yeah. It was a
0: shit show. I knew it was a shit show even before I had a more sophisticated cinematic palette.
1: Absolutely. If this thing
0: was completely off the rails. It was almost as if uh,
1: the lunatics were running the asylum. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean Brando was calling the shots. Yes. It reminds me, and not just on face value, with Brando's white face it reminds me of what happened with the Lone Ranger movie with Johnny Depp doing oh, his interpretation yeah. of Tonto yes. and they let him get away with his crazy shit. Mm-hmm. It made no fucking sense whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Uh, so yeah. Skip this one. Mm-hmm, oh yeah. Skip it. Hundred Watch our remake instead. <laughs> All right. So that's going to bring us to our final bonus segment, which is going to be a battle Royale. Between the following fictional mad scientists. We've got Rick Sanchez versus Professor Frank versus Dexter. Oh fuck.
2: Uh, Rick Sanchez, sorry. Yeah, yeah,
0: Sanchez. I'm going Frank. Okay. For my it. Simpsons loyalty. Oh sure. I mean <laughs> Waven Maven. Well, actually, you know <laughs> yes. uh, that uh, when was the last like. time anybody mentioned Dexter's <laughs> Laboratory? I love Dexter's Laboratory. Me lab. too. It was good. But uh, but you can't fuck with Rick
1: Sanchez. No, so I wouldn't. I want to be
2: on his you team. You
0: don't even
1: know what reality you're in Yes, when you're talking about Rick Sanchez. If you fuck up,
0: you might end up in the Citadel of Rick's. Yes. I don't know, Rick. All right. We're going to wrap it up. I want to thank Chelsea for being here. Thank you for all of your assistance today. And uh, is there anything you want to plug?
2: Yeah, two things. Um... Happy Canadian Thanksgiving to Andrew and Buck. What's that called? It's Thanksgiving.
0: It's called Canadian Thanksgiving.
2: I call it Canadian Thanksgiving because if they it's can tell me
0: sorry giving, <laughs> well if they can tell
2: me what like the origin story is, uh-huh. that would be much appreciated. If
0: only there were some sort of electronic computer that's in your hand. I
2: know, but I have looked it up, but I mm-hmm. I want to hear it from an actual Canadian, mm-hmm. and nobody can tell me. What's gotcha. your other? And um, trivia, right answers with...
0: Wrong, Travis. We'll be back next week. The only week that we will be off in the month of October is the 28th for a prior commitment. Uh, I want My thank- birthday. <laughs> I want to thank the engineer <laughs> and my co-host and co-producer, the brew boss himself. Thank you for doing what you do every week, sir. Yeah, man. Anything you want to plug? I've got two plugs. Go for it. Monday is Indigenous
1: Peoples Day. Nice. Which coincidentally overlaps Columbus Day. Oh yeah, what not not coincidentally. Oh I know. Yeah. <laughs> Wink. But I also want to plug uh, South Carolina State Parks.
0: Ah, uh, okay. You guys had a recent excursion.
1: Yes. Uh recently went camping to uh Little PD up in Mullins. Yes. And uh was given a nice little guidebook of all the state parks where you can get little stamps to get a t-shirt. And I was just blown away by the presentation and the quality and the care
0: that uh, that they have put into this stuff. Awesome. Uh, my my dad was a state park ranger in really? Oregon when I was a kid at Silver Falls State Park, ten waterfalls in an eight mile hike. Nice. nice. Um. So just a, a quick rundown. How crowded was it? Um. Uh, on the tent side, it was not. On the camper side, it was pretty full. Gotcha. And uh, you guys did get the kayak in the water. Yep. And how was that? How was the water itself? The water was fine. It was Um, great. And then finally, we're getting a little bit late in the season for it, but what was the bug situation? Non-existent. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. I'm going to have to go check that out. Sean, do you know what next week's episode is? Axe Murderer Movies. All right. And so I do have a sneak preview question and answer for next week's trivia. Who played the title role in the 2014 Lifetime movie, Lizzie Borden Took an Axe? And the spinoff series, The Lizzie Borden Chronicles.
1: Oh, shit. Well, we watched the Elizabeth Montgomery version.
0: I don't know who was in the most recent one. She's one of my faves, and we were born the same year. Uh, Winstead. Nope. Fuck, I don't know. You got a guess, Chelsea?
2: Does her last name start with a C?
0: Her last name starts with an R, but there are one, two... Three C's in her full name. (laughs) Wow. I don't know them. Christina Ricci.
2: Oh, Oh, that's right. Christina
0: Ricci. You and Reach. All right, so I want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on your podcatcher apps. We are hosted online at podbean.com. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. We are at Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter. Our Facebook is Cinema Chop Shop, and we're Cinema Chop Shop on gmail.com. The beer that we checked in today, which was tunnel vision is going to be checked in on untapped that's u-n-t-a-p-p-d we are cinema chop shop on there and I want to say thank you to you the listeners uh, thank you for tuning in each week tell all your friends about us please remember that black lives matter wear a mask and vote like your life depends on it because it probably does and please remember to watch, chop, chop retrofit, retrofit and tip your scientist
1: yes please Woo. they're
0: underpaid mm <laughs>